The Korean Football Club podcast is kindly sponsored by The Lodge Hotel, famous for food, functions and fantastic value. Welcome once again to the official Korean FC podcast. Uh, we're recording this midweek and also in the middle of what is now officially being called a heat wave in Northern Ireland, unbelievably, in September. Hard as it is to believe. We waited two months for it, but it finally came. Before we start, obviously, thank you once again to our podcast sponsors, The Lodge Hotel. Um, we had a great night there on Saturday night. Anybody that was at London's testimonial dinner will attest to that. But also, um, in addition to that, they have a, a range of services and not least uh, the coffee bar. Um, the coffee bar, relaxing and welcoming spot to catch up with friends and enjoy a cuppa and a freshly baked scone and lovely surroundings. And it's open every day from 9am until 2pm and crucially free car parking on site as well. So if you're ever looking for a cup of coffee in the morning, I suggest that be one of the places that you could look at. So, Johnny, we mentioned Lyndon's testimonial dinner on Saturday night at the aforementioned Lodge Hotel. But before that, we also were at the Korean against Linfield match last Saturday. Um and it just wasn't quite as enjoyable as Saturday night, let's be honest. No, it wasn't, Damien. Um, the better team won, I thought, on Saturday. Um, scarily, I don't really think Lamfield really got a second or third gear, which is, which is, as I said, really, really scary. So, yeah, look, I think whenever we equalised to get one each, I thought we were going to kick on. and But like I said, it was Lamfield that kicked on and they got the penalty and it's got a third goal. And, and yeah, look, there's... Yeah, the, the better team won. There's, there's, there's definitely no complaints. And Saturday night, I, I thought the the mood might have been slightly deflated, but I think once you get a couple of beers in, um, then everything just sort of relaxes and, and changes. And, and yeah, obviously well-deserved for, for London, and I'm sure it's going to be a busy year for him. Yeah, I mean, going back to the match itself, as you say, I mean, Linfield quite clearly the better side on the day. Um, but worrying possibly that Korean just... Uh, Poor run of form at the moment, Johnny. I mean, it's I think four games without a win now. Yeah, I just think I mean, I just maybe think Orange just maybe doesn't know his best team, and obviously a few injuries, um, especially at the back as well, don't help. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens uh, moving forward, and and hopefully we get the sticky patch out of the way now and and go on a run here. So, um, that's that's what we have to aim for, and and yeah, look, I think we get Graham Kelly back and Stevie O'Donnell back, and Dean Jarvis fully fit as well, and. And that's your nucleus, we'll have a back four or back three or, or whatever he decides to play. So, yeah, fingers crossed that we get the bad run out of the way straight away. Uh, we, we maybe shouldn't be running down Korean too much, just considering who we have as a special guest on this week's podcast here. <laughs> I'm conscious of the fact that, you know, he's sitting listening to us and we're downplaying Korean, which is maybe not a bad thing. We're, we're maybe lulling him into a false sense of security here. But I'm delighted to say that we're joined on this week's podcast by the Hamilton Academical Director of Football, Jerry Strain. Jerry, first of all, thank you very much for taking time out to come on to the podcast. And I hope uh, you were listening well when we were downplaying Korean's chances there. I sure was, Damien. Thank you for having me and thank you to Jonathan as well. It's a pleasure. Um, nice to meet you, obviously, before the, the weekend comes. I, I can't help but think it's about a tactical prowess on your part because I know the, the, the amount of respect to our manager 
uh, John Rankin has for your club is, is tremendous. John spent a bit of time there as a kid. Um, he was actually out in Coleraine. And um, the, the whole week of our first team training has, has been geared around making sure that we, we, we treat your club with the utmost respect in the field of play. And I know you've, you've won to... You've won two, drawn two, lost two. Um, but see, when you actually, from an outsider's perspective, when you take a deep dive at your stats, the stats don't really tell the same story of disdain that you guys seem to be expressing here. So I'm thinking maybe you're taking the piss away, but I mean, <laughs> you've got, I mean, you get the highest ball possession in your league, you get the joint height passing rate in your league, and you get the highest amount of dribbles with the highest success rate in your league, and the most progressive uh, ball carries as well. So I don't know. I mean, and significantly, the numbers are significantly higher. So I, I'm trying to understand where this apathy comes from. <laughs> Do you know, and you said you can three players back as well, Kelly O'Donnell and Jarvis. <laughs> you know, so I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> Jerry, <laughs> you, you you know what football fans are like. <laughs> I don't adjust. I. <laughs> They're all the same the world over. Aye. Oh, but the thing is, I've got a saying that. I kind of grew up with you know it's everyone's opinion is right you know because you're entitled to it and it's and it's not anyone no, none of anyone else's business but I just look at things analytically um, and as I say I know that this whole week I can't say that our club's afraid going into games because we're not we, we believe in ourselves and we're on quality but at the same token we appreciate and respect what we're up against and, and the level of analysis that we put into it it's really, really significant. And what you're telling or what you're sharing here in this platform is in complete contrast to essentially what we've prepared for. You know, we've, we've, prepared, we've prepared for a game against a club that that um that have, have got all the, the ingredients in the tool bag. And you know, you might not know your best start at 11, but how can you if you've got injuries and, and whatever else in, to, to factor into the equation? I mean, you like some McKendry, Glacken, and Shevlin. You know, it's kind of three strong performance for you. Um, we're aware of that. Lee Lynch came to Hamilton Ackies. I don't know if you know that. Uh, Lee Lynch is a former Ackies player, but although he never played for us, but he's... And then, obviously, you, you get uh, Darren Cole, who came through the Rangers Academy. He, he's not... He's obviously a player of pedigree as well. So there's, like... Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I think... I think you're flipping it and you're doing the mind games on the other side. Now you're going to try and build a Korean up here. But, I mean, Johnny... What uh, what Jerry is pointing out there, when you look at it analytically and you look at stats, take away the emotion of it, I suppose. But the things that he's mentioning, you know, in terms of you know ball carries and, and dribbles, it, it, it is interesting when when somebody comes at it from a fresh perspective. Because as fans of a club, you just see what's in front of you all the time, and, and fans tend to be pessimistic by nature. But it's interesting the way Jerry's talking and the way that. Hamilton are looking at Saturday's game. Hundred percent, but it's no real surprise, you know. That you need to remember that that Hamilton were a top flight club, maybe what only four or five years ago. So they all done their they all done their homework as well. I've seen Jerry scribbling down notes to everyone that we're saying, so he's doing his homework even on a, even on a podcast. So, but yeah, no, look, I think in terms of us, I just think it's been a few individual errors that have led the goals, and and which hasn't really been overly like us. So, um, yeah, I think defensively. If we can get a solid back four, we can, you know, obviously and get that going for for a while. It would would really really help us. So, but yeah, look, no, I I I was aware of those stats as well. Um, against Lumfield, I think we had sixty percent possession. 
um, which not many people obviously you know realise yet you know because the final score was three one to Anfield. So um, I suppose you can have all the ball as, as you want, but you need to keep the ball out of one net and, and put it in the other. So, but yeah, no, I think um, we just if we can tweak up and either box um, moving forward, we'll be we'll, 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 we'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, Jerry, sorry, go ahead. Oh, there's just that's an interesting start. I wasn't aware of that particular one from the weekend. Um, but you know, your your, your actual ball possession, certainly for the information we've gathered, is is you're sitting at sixty one point two percent for the season. So that must be consistent in each of your games, not specifically just the Linfield game. It's not a case of they've turned up and late, you have the ball. It's that's obviously how you play play your game, and and you've got a joint high highest pass rate next to Cliftonville, a thirteen point seven percent. You know, so you're obviously good at what you do. It just it's maybe going to take time. I, I don't know. I've not come and seen you, you guys in the flesh uh, personally. I've not the, the privilege of that yet, but it's, it is from an outside perspective. It's like someone else giving me an opinion on our club. Sometimes you actually don't see what's in front of you because you, you, you know you're you're clouded by your own judgment. You know, and, um, frustrations or whatever it is that you've got. No, I mean, I, I, I see, I can see where you're coming from because, like, we've watched Corian and, and what you've mentioned, those players, the likes of Jamie Glack and Connor McKendry, Andrew Scott, they're all ball playing, they're all forward players, they're dribblers, they're wingers, they're creative players. So that doesn't surprise me. And I think, as Johnny just referred to earlier, I think it's sort of little silly mistakes in defence and, and maybe not taking the chances at the other end and, and they're conspiring maybe to give it that inconsistent start to the season that you mentioned, you know, win two, draw two, lose two. And it's just finding that balance, I suppose, between keeping them out at one end and being more ruthless at the other end. And of course, you factor into that as well, Jerry. Matthew Shevlin, the, the league's top scorer last year, injured in the first game against Ballymena and only came back against Linfield. And obviously, it will take time for him to get fit. So if you have him at one end and then maybe Stevie O'Donnell and, and Graham Kelly fit at the defence, all of a sudden, things look a lot brighter and the team becomes a different outfit. Yeah. No, certainly, I mean, no disrespect, but I hope that doesn't come until two weeks' time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, I was, we were speaking to Oren after the game on Saturday and obviously it's a, a different competition and, and you never know with, with managers how they approach different competitions. And we put the question to him, you know, how would you be approaching the game against Hamilton at the weekend? And he did say that he will try and feel his strongest team. You know, he wants to give the, the competition the due respect that it deserves. And, and he also mentioned the fact that they have no game next Tuesday night either. So that gives them a, like, you know, a game on Saturday and a game next Saturday. If there had been a league game on Tuesday, that would have factored into his team selection for Saturday. So I think from what he said, I think he is planning to try and fill as strong as possible team for Saturday. So, yeah. But see, it's interesting you pick up on that point. So obviously we won this trophy last season and it was a highlight, a dreadful season for us. You know, it was it was a uh, it was bleak. It was everything that could go wrong went wrong, um, and this trophy was an escape from that. You know, but it also gave us our first trophy in thirty years. Um, and and from my perspective, we've got a great coach in, in John Rankin, and it gave him a bit of um, it gave him a bit of a taste of you know of, of, of what hopefully lies ahead in his career. You know, but so I, I think 
as we go into this game, that the reason that our analysis is, is is so on point, and it's not just for yourselves, it's every every match we approach is is done in the same fashion in vain. But we don't want to lose what we worked so hard to win last year. You know, but equally for you to knock us out is a huge scalp for you. So it's it's almost a double edged sword, you know, because you you you're potentially facing losing what's yours and the club that knocked you out are getting the kudos of beating the holders. And it's and that's a there's a bit of pressure on that, you know, that, that and it's a completely new group of players that we've put together. Uh, with sixteen players out and fifteen players in. Um so the, the, the transition has been hugely significant. Um and but we we're still bedding into a way of playing. You know, we're, we're, we're still trying to get a clear identity as a team. We're, we're making good progress on it. Um, I, I, I was going to say, because, you know, anybody that probably took a, a, a sudden interest in Hamilton after the draw over here would have seen that you started the season very well. And in fact, Drew, you know, you've won all your opening games and then you drew on Saturday, the weekend, the weekend just passed there. So, Despite what you're saying about the huge turnover of players, you, the players seem to have gelled quite quickly, and you've had a really strong start to the season. Yeah, I think. Well, my opinion is, is that good players will play anywhere. Um, but the, the, for me, the crucial difference is, is the management team. So you've got you get John Rankin, Darren McKinnon, and then we've got a really good kind of medical background, uh, medical team in the background. Then they're supported by uh, Declan McKean in the analyst department. So. John's basically galvanised that, brought it all together, and he's made it a bit more cohesive. Um, and that's where the credit lies for it, you know, is, is to, to bring in such a massive turnaround of players in such a short space of time and then get them to follow your philosophy. That, that to me, is, 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 is praiseworthy. And that's, um, and that's one of John's massive talents, is, is getting guys to do or carry out his instructions the way that, the way that he needs them carried out. And, and play in a certain way and have the confidence not to start knocking the ball long when, you know, there's nothing opening up. It's just stick to what you know and stick to doing it best. And I think the, the credit has to go to John and Darian for, for, for getting it in there. And what is the philosophy? You, you know, I'm interested just you say that the team and John's philosophy, I mean, that transmits itself to a way of playing, I'm guessing, as well. But I, I think it's, it's evident and it's consistent in each of the performances. So the philosophy is basically... We try and play, you know, fast attacking, aggressive football. Um, and I use that word "try" because it, it doesn't always come up. You come up against, you know, we come up against teams in our league who are maybe sitting in a back five or a or four with a five in the middle, and to, to try and break through those lines is is difficult. Now, the immediate temptation is to just start going long and bypass the big line in the middle. But but John's actually. He's that good a coach that by default the players will just stick to their rhythms and patterns and and they'll do what they do best and and I think it's just you know confidence breeds confidence. Do you know it's it's and 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 that's a bit that he seems to have done really well. My job is to get the players in for him as quick as we can, um, which we we brought the nucleus in before pre-season started. That was a clear directive, and we're just trying to add to it now. And we're still short of where we need to be. Do you know what? We're still two or three players short um, of. Ideally, what we'd like and what we'd want as, a, as an entire squad, and we're probably you know one shot of we'd be targeted to be at this stage. And and I suppose crucially as well, given the fact that not so long ago you were in the SPL, you were in the top flight. Uh, unfortunately, a couple of relegations. You're now in, in in Scottish League One. I think you relegated last year, but haven't 
with that comes, you know, you're probably the big team, the big club that everybody wants to beat. You, you've got that sort of target on your back, if you like. And then similar to what you're saying about teams setting up against you defensively, you're the one that people want to beat and they want to make it hard for you to win as well, don't you? That comes with the territory, doesn't it? I think certainly dropping down to League One, it comes with territory. Um, but again, there's a, there's a massive shift in, in, in mindset needed because I wasn't with the club during the SPL years. You know, I, I never that privilege. I only joined the, the club last year. Um, and when I came in, I, my assumption was it would make a push to get promoted back to the SPL. I, never in my way with these dreams would I thought we would get relegated. That's just, you know, and that's naivety on my part because I, I probably never looked into it as much as, as I should have done. Um, so the, when, we're in, when we're in the SPL, it's survival. So you change your style, you change what you do because you want to stay in that in that top flight status. Um, but have, we, we us now having dropped to League One. There's Falkirk ourselves and Queenie South, are probably Cove Rangers as well, would be the four teams that everyone wants to beat um, because by budgetary terms, we're probably <coughs> the biggest in the league. Um, but I don't think we'd be considered a great scout. I think that's that's been very kind to us, and I don't think we've merited that. You know, we, we certainly won the, the trophy last year, but we, we have to go and we have to go and create that opinion based on my performances and based on consistency, and that's what we're trying to do. Um, it's and it's, it's going to be a long journey. You know, it's it's only it's only six weeks. It's still in its embryonic stages of of its growth. We've only just brought the players into the building. But we're only five games into the league, um, and I we are unbeaten. But you know that's you have to go back and reset every week and keep doing it again and again and again before you actually um, before you deserve to have that that reputation. I suppose. I mean, Johnny, well, what Jerry's saying there, and I suppose it's the same for every league as well, because even in the in the top flight in the Irish league, you know, you'll have teams there that. Are looking upwards and, and and looking to win titles and stuff, and there are other teams maybe at the lower end of the table who, like Jerry said, you know, it's like Hamilton previously in the SPL. It's like survival mode, isn't it? And yeah, and I guess that's the same leagues throughout the world, and it's it's just just different, isn't it, for different clubs? Yeah, it is, and obviously, like you look at like Luton, for example, and in England, they've just went from absolutely, <laughs> like you know, conference really, I suppose, level right the whole way through the Premier League, and and every year they went up, they probably have a different objective, and I'm sure when they were in the Championship last year, they, they probably didn't think they'd be in the, the Premier League, and now they're in the Premier League, their their whole main aim is definitely to survive. If you offer them to finish seventeenth now, you know they're they're going to rip they're going to rip their hand off. So no, yeah, look, I'm sure for Hamilton, it's been different. What in the last decade they were in the top flight now in the, they were in the second tier and, and now they're, they're in the third tier and, and I'm sure Jerry and, and John and, and everyone at Hamilton will be looking to get back up to the second tier as soon as possible sustain that and, and try and get back up to, to the top flight and, and see see Jerry that you know the relegations down to the second third tier what sort of an impact does that have on the club's budget because it, it obviously does doesn't it because you, if you're an SPL you're going to get obviously more money uh, than you would in the in the, the first division. So that, that has an impact, doesn't it? It does. And I think this is this is a frustration I've got. So we demographically as a club, we should be really well suited to maybe get 10, 15,000 fans a week. Um last year we had we just slightly in excess of 300 season ticket holders. But that apathy comes from a lack of investment in the pitch and you know and, and um 
maybe a, a perceived lack of aspiration. You know, so there's a bit of disengagement there between what the fans want and what they want to turn up and see every week and what they're actually getting. And then when you look at what ultimately the, we as a club served up to the fans last year, it wasn't acceptable in, in any way, shape or form. You know, so it doesn't matter if you get 10 season ticket holders or 10 million. It's what's in the pitch that, that matters. Now, trying to bridge that gap from supporter to club and, and what's in the pitch, it's it's not a straightforward task. Um, but what also sits behind the scenes there is the budgetary demands, as you just asked there. Are if you've got 300 or 400 season ticket holders, you're bringing in 71 grand a year. Uh, that, that pays your rates for eight or nine months. It's it's in relative terms, it, it puts you right out of the, the competitive market against these other teams that have, have got you know a, a Dunfermline or a Falkirk have got six or seven thousand season ticket holders. Right away, they've got half a million quid to spend against their 70 grand. Um, so we're already at a disadvantage. I'm sounds like I've got a chip my shoulder here, you know, because we're a small club, but because demographically we're one of the most populated areas of Scotland. But that's where your, you know, the Hamilton fans call them the ugly sisters. You know, the, the <laughs> your Rangers and your Celtic. <laughs> so they're, they're the ugly sisters, right? <laughs> and um, but the, the reality is, they take the fan base away from people who drive by your stadium. You go to Ibrox, and people who drive by your stadium you go to Celtic Park. You know, and that's a revenue stream that we're missing out on. And it's so we need to try and find a way of capturing that. And then direct the direct correlation of loss to being relegated is in excess of two hundred grand. So, as a club, we're, we're two hundred thousand pounds worth off, worse off now than we were last season. And the flip side of that is, if we win promotion by winning the league, we only get one hundred eighteen grand of that back. So we're still hundred grand down, but we've had to invest in a whole new playing squad, a whole new model of of uh, of recruitment. We've had to bring in a medical department, a sports science department, create a new scouting department, and we've had to do it at a budgeted deficit. So that's where the, the new owner, uh, Serif Zengen, deserves a lot of credit um, because he's really put his balls in the line to to make sure that the financial uh, security is there for the club to, to, to get back to where we want to get back to. And that's huge kudos to him. That, that is interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm just pardon my ignorance as well. I mean, Hamilton at the moment, are they full time club, part time? What way do you work? Well, it's a great story there. We're actually full time, and we have to be full time. So, and, and the reason we have to be full time is that we're kids. We're under 18s are playing in the Champions League. Um, so we the draw was made yesterday. We've got Molde in Norway in the qualifier. If we beat Molde, we go through and play Alkmaar. But so our our academy is classed as as an elite youth academy. Um. And there is only a certain number of elite teams. The rest then fall into professional. Um, but to keep that elite status, you have to remain full-time. So my understanding is that we're the only club in world football whose first team's in the third tier of the National League that have <laughs> that have an academy performing in the Champions League. I think that's a, it's a unique anomaly. Um, but therein lies the ambition. You know, the, 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 the ambitions of Serif, the ambitions of myself and the collective and the board are Let's get back to the SPFL. Sorry, let's get back to the SPL and, and let's let's try and get the club into Europe. You know, that's that's a clear, a clear ambition, but you need to start by, by, by digging the trenches and filling the foundations. And that's Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> sorry, uh, part of the reason uh, I just asked that was it came into my head as Korean Football Club. 
had a meeting just last week where the owners of the club, the Friends of Korean Football Club, had a, a special meeting to discuss a, a proposal of investment from a couple of London-based business people, I think they are, originally from Korean with ties to Korean. Um, so they, the Friends of Korean, who ostensibly own the club, voted in favour of the pr- proposal. Uh, to cut a long story short, what may happen is that Korean, which at the moment is a part-time club, uh, the vision or the ambition then is to go down that full-time route. And it's only in the last couple of years in the Irish League that's really sort of taken hold. Larne and, and Linfield and Glentorn now are all full-time. A number of years ago, there were no full-time Real clubs in uh, in the Irish league, um. So I'm just interested to ask you, would you have like um, Korean are in the very early stages going into that full time model? But what sort of advice would you give? I know it's not maybe your place or maybe you don't want to, but I mean, just like a general piece of advice for the club looking ahead, looking long term. I well, I think it's 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 not my place to comment on, um. On yeah. how to build it, because the the guy who's who deserves the credit for that is a guy called George Cairns. George's been with the club for twenty years and he's built it from grassroots up. So I, I don't mind putting you guys onto him. George is your academy director, um, and in terms of models, blueprints, delivery, yeah. he's the guy that has to ultimately take the credit for that. I could sit and give you, you know, I'm a director of football a club. It's the Champions League. That's a lot of shit. You know, it's I can't take any credit for that because. I've no put the hours in to make it happen. No, I, I appreciate yeah. that. I mean, it's, I, 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 but, I mean, you don't have to answer, but I was just interested just, you know, if you had them. Um, no, but, but my answer to it would be it's, it's crucial and it's essential because we've sold four players now to the to the Premier League over the course of the summer. Um, and there's two ways to look at it. What's the academy for? What's the purpose of it? So the purpose of our academy is, has always been to develop football players. Right? It's not necessarily to win every honour that's going. But ultimately, if you've got 11 best players in the country, you're going to win something. So they kind of go hand in hand, but the, the focus and the, the emphasis is on the player. And throughout Hamilton's recent history, the last 20 years, they've been really successful at growing their own talent and then moving on to Premier League, like James McCarthy, James MacArthur, Brian Easton. You know, there's, there's so many. Then you move on to the latest batch, Ryan Oney, Josh McDonald, Gabriel Forsyth, who just moved in the summer. But I think what we need to be really proud of is that we've actually created a real opportunity for four kids who have got a you know one percent chance of success, and we've give, we've given them another platform to to take that to the next level. So probably from a business perspective and strategic perspective, it would be a case of decide what you, the purpose of your academy is. Is it is it to give kids a kick at a ball, or is it to give kids the chance of a, to go for an enhanced career beyond Korean, um, or is it to get a financial return? And once you get that clarity of vision, you can then start to speak to the stakeholders that are better versed than me to, to start implementing the pegs that you need to implement, you know, and, and bring the right coaches in and the right methodologies. Because that's that's way above my skill set, to be fair. You know, I'm I'm just a I'm mine. <laughs> <laughs> I just watch your own like like an interest, but I mean, um, yeah, it's a good point and about the academy and young players and selling them. And I, I did see that you know you had sold James McCarthy a number of years ago to Wigan. I think one point two million pound or something, which was some money there. The, the money, the money we brought in for transfers has been pretty significant for a club of our size. 
Um, and that, when you look at it from that perspective, that delivery doesn't match the the status of the club or a provincial club. So, so the ambitions are to go beyond that and, and try and get as a well-established cl- club in, in the SPL. So mm. if, if like likes Ross County can do it and, and Livingston can do it, then you have to be sharing that kind of vision and that kind of ambition. Yeah, I mean, Johnny, you're a, a follower of, of, of Scottish football, well, apart from the weekend, just gone, obviously, but um, <laughs> every opportunity. Um, <laughs> what what Jerry said, and it's true, and I mean, for clubs like Hamilton, it's difficult when you've got supporters going past you, you're ground to go to Rangers and the Celtics of this world and all the rest, but as Jerry saying as well, the ambition's still there. If Ross County and that can apply their trade in the SPL, there's no reason why a team like Hamilton can't. Yeah, I'm just surprised it took you half an hour to bring up. <laughs> um, Stevie yeah, no. O'Donnell told me to go easy on you. No, yeah, look, like you look at Lisburn and Northern Ireland, for example. I'd love to know how many people go to Glentorn and Limfield um, there, even though there's a there's a club there too. So, I suppose you get that from 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 all around the world. I suppose that sort of way, and yeah, it just makes it ex- extremely difficult. And uh, there's a Ballon Money Limfield Supporters Club, for example. So it's just it's, it's just one of them things, I suppose. And and yeah, look, I think Livingston's a very good example too. I think they've done really really well under David Martindale since since he's been there really, and I think that should be a club nearly they sort of. And St Mirren too. Look how well St Mirren have done under Stephen Robinson. They finished in the top six, I'm nearly certain, last year as well. Um, they, I think by the time the split came round, they were still fine for Europe. So, like, yeah, look, you just have to look at clubs like that and, and, and how they've <coughs> progressed. And, you know, Stephen Robinson, in my opinion, yeah, he's, with the greatest amount of respect to St Mirren, he's probably going to move on to, to a bigger job very, very, very shortly. So, like, yeah, like it's, it's a very competitive league too. Um, so it is, obviously, I say Celtic and Rangers. You've Hearts and Hibs and, and you know, Mullerwell and teams like that. So it's it's, it's, it's a dog-eat-dog in, 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 in that division. Yeah, really, I mean... We, we really don't want to take Stephen Robinson into Hamilton, to be fair. John's job safe. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's some... I think he's a really shrewd operator, to be honest. I think he's... Uh, <clears throat> And, and of course, uh, Jerry Corian's manager, Owen Kearney, he he had a year in Scotland. He had a wee sabbatical year in Scotland. He managed St Mirren as well. Um, do you know much about him when when he was in Scotland? I I think um, I need to be careful what I'm saying here, but I think he was treated disgracefully. But that's just Scottish football for you. Um, I don't think he got the the the, the time or respect that he was due. Uh, again, which is. It's just a it's a football thing in general, but particularly over in Scotland, it's there's a there's a focus and emphasis on you, especially when you come in. You know, it's the perception's key, and ultimately, what people perceive is what they believe, and then it's, it's what they spin. I don't know Owen in a, in a personal level. I met him a couple of times, but I don't know him on a personal level as as a friend. But I'm not sure he was entirely settled in Scotland either. But I can understand why. When you know, when you see that he's coming into a role and he's he's not being greeted with the enthusiasm that he should have been because his record speaks for itself he's got a great record and he's got a great methodology um, and I think and ironically going back to what we spoke about at the start the high possession the high pass rate the high dribbling so they're, they're kind of key characteristics of how he plays his football you know, he's carried them throughout his career so it's I just don't think St Mirna's probably it was, the SPL was probably the right league but the wrong time for him mm. You know, I think it was just a shame. You know, it happened. Alan Stubbs had a nightmare at St Mirren as well. So it's, it seems yeah. 
it seems like Stevens, thankfully, he's been backed a lot more, I think, financially than other guys have. Um, certainly for the outset, when you look in and you see some of the players have got and you're aware of salaries and so on, I think he's certainly been given a lot of backing, but you still have to identify a player and get the, get the team to perform, and he seems to do that really well. Um, he's done it for Motherwell, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a good spell at Morecambe as well, so. I see, yeah. Uh, I think he, he's been like, with maybe the Hibs job, I think, that I see that, Stephen Robinson. That's a great job, eh? That'd be, what, what a job that is, a sleeping giant. Mm-hmm. You, know, um, you go in there and you do it right, but it, it's, that's for Brian McDermott and, and, and Ben to decide who gets the job there. Um, Brian's a great guy, he's, you know, He's a, he's director of football there as well, and he's been nothing but helpful to me and Marrow here. Um, I've got a good relationship with Brian, and we got Dylan Tate from Hibs and Loan. Um, but I, I, again, it's like four games in, and the manager's out. Do you know I know it's it's it's, it's um who's right, and, who's right? And also, what do you call him? Michael Bale? He he's he's under mountain pressure too. I see. Yeah, I, I, I chatted to him the other day. There actually. Um, Tuesday, um, he, again, I feel sorry for him. You know, it's it's um, and the media have got a lot to do with that. You know, I think the difference is Rangers are massive. You know, like the massive, massive global club. Um, but if the media are telling your players costing you eight million quid, and he's maybe costing you two, the perception that's been built yeah. that the manager can't control, you know, is that he's wasted eight million quid on a centre forward or whatever, and. I dare say when the accounts come out, if you study them and look at them and you see what the, the reality of the cost was, the headline's insignificant, you know, at that stage, but the damage is done, you know, so mm-hmm. so from a budgetary perspective, has the guy really been backed? I, I don't know. I, I don't know the ends of the Rangers, you know, but I know there's a lot of good people there. Mm-hmm. Um, James Bisgrove, the great guy. Um, Michael himself's a great guy, but the it, it's just two defeats and it's end of the world stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's... I, this is a guy that was the brains behind Gerard winning the league. It's just, it's a shame. Again, it's whose opinions you can't say it's someone their opinions wrong. I mean, Johnny, you follow Rangers, obviously. What's your take on it? I, I'm struggling probably to see a style of play. To be honest, I think that would probably be the biggest grievance. I, I just, I don't really know what he's trying to do, to be honest. But again, I think as well, you know, I think the media are portraying that he spent, is it like 15 million and three strikers when in reality, I think he came out and said it might only be 8 million, for example. So, um, I think, you know, it's just probably a style of play. I just don't maybe understand, maybe because I just don't know much about football. So, I just don't really know what he's trying to do, to be honest. I think, when you manage Celtic, even Brendan Rodgers were under pressure because they lost to Kilmarnock in the Cup and drew it home to St. Vincent. And, and now he's seen as the greatest thing in the world because he beat Rangers with his B team, you know, that sort of way. So it's, it's just the media, you know, we're in the media, obviously, we, we love telling a spinning a yarn and, and things like that. So, yeah, I think what's the point of, of backing a new manager and bringing in seven or eight new players to, to get rid of them after four or five games that, you know, at the end of the day as well, and I say this to everybody, Rangers aren't a Champions League outfit. They're not. They would have, you look last year, um, they'd have been absolutely torn apart in the Champions League this year. So I think the Europa League is, is their level, the same as Celtic um, as well, um, in my opinion. So um, I think that'll give them a, a better opportunity. And, you know, it's, it's such small margins in football, you know, like the, the first goal is not a foul. Um, and San Lammers misses an open net as well. So, you know, them two goals go in, you win 2-1. So, 
or Celtic were, you know, on the counter too, they were quite wasteful. So um how that game only finished one 0 I don't I don't know. It could have finished four each. Um so yeah, it's one of them things. Um small margins in football and when you're manager of Rangers and Celtic, that's sort of the, the, the price that you, you that, that you pay. That price goes beyond it. Sorry, uh, Damien. That price goes beyond it. We the amount of clamour for John to lose his job last year at our club. You know, we're we're insignificant in terms of size to these guys like commercially. Um so you know, the three probably treat us with disdain. You know who's Hamilton Aki's, but we we were founded in eighteen seventy four, so we're older than one of them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but the the but the, the clamor the, the, the clamor was for us to to dismiss our manager around about November December, and and the reality is that when you, when you see from, I was always of the view that John shouldn't lose his job, always, because he's he's a really really good coach. And it's like you can't build a house without the right, you know, without the right tools and, and and the right supplies. And I just didn't feel that as a club we gave entirely the right supplies to John last year. Yeah, Jerry, can you can you do us a favour and stop uh, selling players by Larn? You know, Sean Want, Andy Ryan. I never, I never sold any of them. <laughs> uh, I was in this all the time, so and and I wouldn't if God's honest truth is I wouldn't have sold either of them because if you look at the areas we struggled in last year, we struggled defensively and we struggled scoring and we get rid of a centre-half and we get rid of a centre-forward. And if you look at the, if you look at Hamilton's performance, we, we use something called stats bomb. If you look at performance and stats bomb, you can see the impact that Andy Ryan leaving had in the club. You actually you actually see it in a, in a plotted graph and it's startling. Um, but, you know, it, it's that was then. We are where we are now. But I just think that when things like that happen, um, I don't think that's the manager's fault. You know, if, if you go and ask John, do you want to lose Sean? Do you want to lose Andy? Only John can answer. You know, but uh, so to, to ask for somebody to lose, lose a livelihood on the back of something they've got no control over, I've got a moral issue with that. You know, I've got. A, I think if you've got a good guy in the building who's invested, doing his best, we need to do our best to support him. And I think that it's interesting you brought Michael Beale. I think Rangers need to do the same with him as, as tough as it's going to be. You can't just keep changing your managers because you, you can't affect any change until January at least. And then how do you get other players to bring players in? It's just mental. You've, the, where we were very fortunate with me taking on the job of taking on was that we were easily able to get other 16 players from, from apparel because um, a lot of them were loans from, from down south and end of contracts and what have you. And that then gave me a, a blank canvas to go and bring in the, the, the 14 and I brought another one yesterday. That's the 15 that, that we've done so far. But that's a lot of that's good fortune. You then need to go and apply the work once you've got that that platform. <coughs> and if you chop and change your manager all the time, you don't have that privilege. Obviously um obviously clubs have been very good at using the Scottish market recently. I think you know Lymphy have brought in a few guys as well. Uh, yeah. Mall might have signed a boy on loan from St Mirren, maybe B boy Kenny. Um, do you think it could ever flip? I know Conor McMenamin went from Glentoran to St Mirren, but do you ever see Scottish clubs maybe eyeing the the Northern Irish market in reverse? We, we look at it all the time. I'd be lying if we said we, we didn't. We've got, a, we've got a great scout over there, uh, big Jonathan Patterson. I don't know if you know Johnny. Aye, uh, he's, John's a John's a great scout. There's another scout, Jerry Cassidy. He scouted me when I was younger, so he can't be that good. <laughs> um, but we've got we've got um, we've, we've got a good network out there. The feedback I think we watch forty games a week, 
um, as a as a club. That's just that's a new infrastructure. That's only that infrastructure has only been put in place effective about four weeks ago. It's something we worked hard behind the scenes to set up, and it's headed up by Declan McKean, who's who's our analyst. Um, Declan heads it up goes through John, uh, John Patterson, and then John. John's ultimately responsible just now for 12, 10, 10, 12, 14 scouts. Um, and that's new for us as a club, but it's part of the vision that I thought was necessary so that we can we can be proactive with our signings and we can try and get ahead of the game. Now, whether it works or not, only time will tell. You're only as good as the data you get and the scouts that you've got. But if you don't have it, you can't implement, you know, you, you can't implement that, that structural change. So, but we're looking at the Irish market all the time. You know, it's it's um I think the thing is it's a transition from part time to full time football. It's a tough, tough thing to make. We we signed Big Barjo, uh, Jamie Barjonis from Kelty in the summer. Technically he's probably one of the best football players I've seen. Um he came through the, the Rangers Academy. Um different class, but he, he went to Thistle and what have you, and he played with Kelty last year. But Barjo came into training in the first day of pre season. He was still a good bit behind the guys that had been full-time last season. And the fact that he's now got himself to a level he has is testament to his professionalism. You know, he's like down 5.5% body fat, muscle mass is up, um, his, his VO2 max is up. All this stuff's been done behind the scenes, but you need to buy into that to make it happen. And he, so the, if that's a transition he needs to make when he's come through an entire academy and then he's taken a, couple of, you know, a period out to play part-time, the transition from Northern Irish League to, to ours, it, it, it may be a step too much. You'd need to maybe, Paddy McCourt, for example, went to Celtic a good few years back and he was, he was always injured because the intensity of training killed his body. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it, it's so many factors to come into. But technically and, and ability wise, I don't think that it's an issue. It, it is the, the, the physical demands. I mean, Brad Lyons was. Korean and midfielder no, for, for, for quite a few years. <laughs> Young then went to Blackburn, then went to Scotland, ends up at Kilmarnock. And it kind of took him a little bit of time. I think he would probably admit that himself, you know, that it took him just time maybe to, to adjust uh, full-time football, what's expected, etc., etc. Finished last season very well, started this season very well, and then has now been called up to the Northern Ireland senior squad for the first time. So it's Backs up what you're saying, Jerry, as well. You know, that transformation from one part-time to full-time, it's not as easy as what people may, might expect. No, it's not. And I mean, I, I played a... She's mad. I, kicked, I went on to a charity game two weeks ago, a bounce game. Right, and even sitting as a director watching it, you think, why is she not getting that ball? And see the first ball that was played to me, I thought, I'm not even going to try and get that. Ah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the reality is that it's easy to sit and watch and judge, right? But there's so many factors that you're not aware of, you know. And when it's 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 an elite athlete's performance is needed. That's the reality of it, you know. And I'm I'm sitting thinking I would have won that ball, right? And then I'm playing against guys there at a similar fitness level. And believe me, I, you can tell I enjoy a few Ulster fries, right? So it's kind of it's it's almost like kind of. The, the, the condition aspect's forgotten. There's it's no people just think, why do they not get that ball? Why is he not chasing it? Why is he not there first? Football pitches are no, you know, they're, they're no tiny areas, you know, and you need to get about them consistently. 
And it's I know Johnny's obviously a fitness fanatic and keeps himself in good nick, you know. But I, I even defy that you could come and perform in one of our training sessions, Johnny, and last it. You know, I've seen I've seen guys be sick it, during pre-season. We brought players in on, on, on trial, and they're, they're off the pitch vomiting and, and what have you. And it's it's just the intensity and the demands are so so high. Um, but that's a bit that people don't see. Yeah, Johnny, do you fancy a, do you fancy a bit of pre-season? Oh, I can't kick a football, but I'll run. So I'll I'll get that. I'll, 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 I'll run all day, but uh, football ability. Now, uh, my, my my three year old niece would probably be better at football than I would be. All right, all right. What about yourself, Jeremy? You decent career as well as a player. No, no, geez, no. I tried. I wasn't good enough to get a career. Um, that'd be a lie. So I, I went down down south for school. Never made it. Came home for school. Never made it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a common theme there. Became a director, never made it. Now I'm director of football. I know it's coming next. <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> well, well, we'll see you after Saturday, shall we? You know what I mean? Aye. Um, but Hamilton, just reading up about them as well. I mean, they, good club. I mean, 1874, I think. Uh, only professional club in Britain originated from a school team. That's a, a, a nice one, isn't it? What well, is It's actually our anniversary next year. Um, we're 150th anniversary. Nice. So we've got a new kit coming out um, to kind of commemorate that and the fans are going to be involved with the designing of the badge and stuff. So there's a lot going on to try and get fan engagement. Um, but over the, certainly over the last 10, 15 years, there's been a strong community, community focus for the club. We do a lot for the local community. We're involved with a lot of initiatives that you know, we look after kids with autism. We look after people with, with addictions. There's, there's a whole host of those things we do because the fabric of a football club, this might not be an opinion that you share, but the, the fabric, for me, the fabric of a football club is to support its local community. It has to be a focal point, get people off the street, give people somewhere to go. It's almost like a new parish, you know, and it's and it's it's a place of kind of collectiveness and togetherness and, and giving something back. Um, but that in itself brings its frustrations because... These punters that maybe turn up to use these facilities and, and frequent them don't turn up on a Saturday to support us. So, so I, I get I get the frustration of the fans when you've got a... I, think, I mean, our season tickets this year are up to 760 now. So we've doubled season ticket sales from last year. Um, there's a few factors behind that, but I don't think we can doubt the, the, the integrity and, and the loyalty of a unique, cohesive fan base. But we need to try and get beyond that. And the only way to do it is from the community because yeah. people are not going to come to us for, for Ibrox and Celtic Park. We're going to have to get a new fan base for sales. And hopefully with this 150th anniversary, I've got a lot of plans, you know, that, that I'm working on. Like, um, I think there's 28 Hamiltons across the world. I don't know how many Koreans are, I'll need to check. But there's 28 Hamiltons, you know. Yeah, I know. Good question. But, and this may be a wee commercial place for you to, 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 to take the club actually so that's what I'm trying to do particularly with this anniversary in the horizon so there's 28 Hamiltons like Bermuda all across America Australia New Zealand and what like and I've basically written to the, the mayors and the, the head of states in each of these Hamiltons around the world to try and engage with them because we were the first Hamilton that was right. the, first, the first place in the world to be named Hamilton was very good was where we are so they've obviously it, it, it's the diaspora that's moved out. That's very good. Taking that name, so there's there's got to be a commercial revenue stream in there to buy kit to 
Very there good. Might be maybe a million that wants to throw a few quid our way, but there might be 25, 30 Koreans out there. I don't, I don't know, but it's some worth, if sure. you get the time, it's, it's maybe something worthwhile looking at. And with, with the tools at our disposal now, and with the acumen that we've got, you know, business or whatever, making contact with people is so easy. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think we, as a club, we need to start looking in these areas to try and get commercial revenue streams that didn't exist before. And, and then try and create a fan base from within a fan base and from within a heritage and a culture. Um, and that's that's kind of what's, what's in the fore next. It's 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 not easy. I mean, but Johnny would probably be able to tell you more. Uh, like, what, a lot of what you're saying about the club, Hamilton, trying to connect with the community, etc., that sort of chimes with what Corian have been doing over the last number of years. And uh, season tickets, Johnny could probably tell you, but I mean... I think the the stats were published there for average attendances, home attendances, just from the start of the season. And Korean are sitting third, you know. Um, wow. I mean, Johnny, what what season tickets wise, Korean and, and average attendance wise, what what are we talking about? Hi, well, the season tickets was well in the four figures this year. I think it was well over thirteen hundred. Last I heard. Oh. Um, and then the atten- the average attendance figure something like three thousand three hundred and seventy at the show grounds. So it's joint with Limfield at the minute, or Glentoran, and just behind one of the other two. Um, obviously we've been lucky. We've had what Ballymena, Larne, and and Limfield at the showground. So we've had our three biggest games. Um, so to speak. So, but yeah, no, our like our attendances and everyone else, and has been brilliant. And I, I like to think that we market a match pretty well, and we try and make the match day as best as we can. Like for example, we've played Uri on the sixteenth of September here coming up, and. They no disrespect in your area, they've never travelled well in big numbers. They've a good core support for home games, but we've got a mascot called uh, Benny the Bandsider, who's a bear. So we're doing a September bear day out. So we've got trucks coming down, we've music and food and and just try and, and probably have a penalty kick come just to try and bring in families and kids for a quid. So any kids that come into the match are only going to come in for a pound and just different things to try and get the community going and and Damon will be the first to tell you that you need to do well on the pitch too, um, you know, as well. And you need to have a good team out there. And as well as that, you know, Korean have, you know, invested a lot of money into into the pitch um at the showgrounds and, and infrastructure as well, to the best of their ability. And they're trying to get money released um by the government. They up do they do they updo everything. So I think if people can see the effort that the club is trying to make, they will try and come out to support you as well. And I think there's big news to come out of the club, I think, at the weekend about another development um, project as well. So I just think, I think whenever the club's motoring on as best they can, I, I do think there are fans that come on the journey with them. And, you know, and, it's just, and we say this a thousand times, I'm sure you're the same, Jerry. You see the same people, same Hamilton fans coming in and they're same scarf and they chat the same people and do the same things in the match day. And, and the showgrounds is, 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 is no different for us. But that makes it special for us, you know, because we we you'll probably bring about 150, 200 across, but that 150, 200 are consistent. Yeah. So everywhere we go, and <laughs> they're the guys that, that, that deserve the kudos for, you know, for, for persevering. You know, that's the they're the guys that that, that kind of we feel that we owe an obligation of giving them something back. You know, so but we're getting a promotion and getting back to SPL because because they've been a they've been a constant for us. Um, and that so that that resonates, but you, but comparative terms, you're a bigger club commercially than we are. 
that that's the reality. If you're sitting with four figure season tickets and you get three thousand a week, you know, at this moment in time, without a doubt, you commercially you're a bigger a bigger entity than us. You know, so it's it is all it, it's all relative and it's it's humbling. You know, when you're sitting, you think you're you're referring to Hamilton as a big club, but I'm thinking, going, wow, I would love three thousand a week to turn up at our games. I think, I think, but logistically, where we're at, we're at the North Coast, like we have such a big catchment area. Like, catchment area is absolutely massive, um, which helps us. And I know you're obviously what about 15, 20 miles or twenty miles outside of Glasgow. Ah, so, it's the it's, it's, I have eight, eight, ten miles from Glasgow, but the, the catchment area we're insignificant, and you know it's it's your, your Rangers and Celtics that. That, that yeah. the fans. That's why they're lovely sisters. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> makes you Cinderella. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Obviously. Uh, you mentioned the 150 to 200 coming over at the weekend, which, which is great. They'll have a great time over here. I'm just thinking logistics of it. Um, when are you as a group coming over for the game and, and when he's coming and where, where he's staying, that type of thing, uh, Jerry? Uh, but with the greatest of respect, there was two ties we didn't want, right? And one of them was Colain and one was Ballatown. <laughs> because logistically, they were just, you know, it was a nightmare for us. So what's happening with yourselves as a team are flying in at half nine on Saturday morning? Um, I'm just arranging a facilities for them to get breakfast and, and go and do a pre-match preparations. And then they'll head up to, to Colain in the bus. Um, I think we're due to arrive Colain just about one o'clock just after one um, and then they return back home by flight at half nine on Saturday night uh, the kit man is arriving with the kit by ferry um, so he's travelling he leaves Hamilton at four in the morning and he's on the half seven ferry um, he'll be arriving as quick as he can in Korean to try and get asleep and they have a fans um, the club have put the, the, the club have worked with a tour operator over there to put on uh, a return trip, but an overnight stay. Um, it's subsidised as much as we could, uh, but there's only 25 on that bus. Um, and then there's, a, there's another coach that's full that, that the supporters club are running themselves. Uh, and that's that's your hardcore punters that go absolutely everywhere and support the club through thick and thin. But I believe they're only same ferry, so it's a four o'clock start. Um, and it, you know, for a for a three o'clock kickoff, so I'm just hoping they actually see the game. <laughs> I just want to say, a few of them boys won't know what the scoreline is. <laughs> I don't you know. know. Every every club has every club has the same hardcore, haven't they? Korean are no different. Uh, it's, it's great though, but you need that. That's that's what yeah. that's what you need. And I mean, people are that passionate about the clubs. You you do try that extra bit harder to make stuff right for them. You know, it's it's um don't get me wrong, I have I've had a couple of challenges with my fans with, with stuff that went wrong and I'm probably pers- persona non grata with some of them, you know, but it's um but I'll no stop me I'll no stop me doing my best. Mm-hmm. Try and get things to to work as they should and to give us an infrastructure that will let us get back to the SPL. Um because I see it as a fa- I see it from a fan's perspective. I just need to make sure that that I am not engaging as a fan, you know, that's my thing. Yeah, so. you have to take a step back almost, don't you? Yeah. Uh, you? You mentioned at the start John Rankin, the Hamilton manager, and you mentioned his Korean link. So just wondering, you know, maybe a bit more detail. I mean, you mentioned about him, Korean. Uh, John was out there. He, John had said he played out there and he was, he was out. I don't know if he's um, 
if he came out on loan or if he was out at a tournament. Uh, so John's career, John's career has been, he went to Man United, the same for Man U as a kid with Alex Ferguson. Um, but he had interest for Liverpool and, and all across the, the, the country, but he chose the Man U option because he's ambitious. Um, obviously, that never really came to the fruition he'd have wanted. But when you look at John's career, like Dundee United, Inverness, Hibs, Ross County, um, he, he had a great career. Great John's, John's a winner. So I don't know where the Korean piece fell into that, but John John certainly mentioned yesterday that he's he's familiar with, with Korean, he's familiar with the club, familiar with the with the ground. So I can only assume he's been in loan there or he's um he's played in a tournament out there, you know, that that's that's given the privilege of playing in a stadium. But he's really complimentary. He was really my, my only experience of Korean Sam English Park. You know, that's that's my only experience of it. Um so I, that's it's kind of Beyond that, I don't have much. I bought a I bought a dog in Bally Money. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only place I could get it. It was a pedigree uh, cocker spaniel. Well, Bally Money for it, and uh, aye. So that's my only experience of Korean was was my journey to Bally Money. You know, and uh, so aye. But um, it's a lovely place. Yeah, the people are lovely, and it is. It's, really it's Johnny. As Johnny mentioned earlier, it's right on the north coast as well, which is absolutely beautiful. Like so, unfortunately, if you're only in for the day, your players won't get to see uh, much of it. But it is it's, uh, it is a beautiful place, if, especially in weather like what we're having at the moment, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Aye, no, but the people, it, my, my interaction with people from Northern Ireland have been, have been, have been lovely. You know, mm-hmm. I've, got, I've got some business interests over there, and I know my customers are just, just the best people. We Very similar to Scottish people. But yeah, I actually find. People from the north are easy to deal with. You know, they're um, Scotland's maybe a bit more commercial. Um, people from Northern Ireland are just very straightforward, and that's I like that because a spade's a spade, and you know, you stand. Mm-hmm. And it's that I'll do business that way, you know. Uh, well, people certainly over here will tell you <laughs> what what they're thinking <laughs> anyway, that's for sure. That's uh, you'll probably you might hear a bit of that on Saturday, <laughs> you know what I mean? That that uh, typical Ulster bluntness, shall we say. But uh, before we go, um, you, we talked about right at the very start, um, Hamilton are the holders of the trophy. You, yep. you talked about it, what mm-hmm. it meant probably to the club and. There'll be no disguise in the fact that you want to hold on to your trophy, so you're not coming over here just as a, a wee day trip or a wee jolly across the, to the north of Ireland or whatever it is. You're here to sort of hold on to your trophy, and Korean players and supporters can expect a, a tough game. Aye, well, I think that, that goes without saying, but that's not just that, that's not just because it's the the SPFL Trust Trophy. It's it's every game. You know, I think now that John's been scarred. With the experience of last year, and I, I choose that word. Um, I, I choose that word very kind of um, with, with a lot of awareness. It's, it was a scarring experience. Um, same for myself, you know, you're you scarred the experiences that that you know when you go through something like that. I don't know if you ever experienced relegation at Korean, but it's, when you're in the building and and that happens to you, it has a lasting effect on you when you. When you suffer, whether it's I, I'm not on social media, I never done it before. I've done it for a wee stint and it backfired tremendously, so I've come straight off it again. And I'm not interested, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I don't see the point. It's a waste of energy, you know. And it's um, for, for me anyway, it's I try to do a good thing when it, it went wrong, so I'm it's, I'd keep away from it. I don't need it, I don't need it in my life, but but you do get scarred by your experiences in life. Um, so I think the fact that John's been through what he's been through 
and his family have been through it. It's every game is a must-win game. Mm-hmm. So it's a different level. It's not just a case of football, just a game. I I get that and accept that. But when you've been scarred to that level, and and things have happened, not as a result of you. It's like everything's fair game after that, you know, and and it's a win at all costs. So the the yes, we want to win a trophy because it was the highlight of a, a horrid season, but it gave our fans something that it gave. I mean, we're running a campaign just now to try and get young Aki's in. We looked at Rangers with the the, 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 the young bear thing and Celtic with the young hoops thing, um, and it's like we're, we're, we're trying to get that, this next generation of fans because if if they through a period of having nomad years when we didn't have a stadium and we lost maybe two generations of supporters because of that so we're going to have to go and nurture more and this young Aki's thing the, the, the bit that's behind that is we've asked three fans three generations or more to come into the stadium and be part of the, the, the campaign um, and on the cup final day when you're watching a granda, a dad and a kid all, all sharing that same experience that's really really special and fortunately as you alluded to a lot of clubs don't give this trophy the respect it's due but for these people that's an experience that will last in a lifetime mm-hmm. memories that's, right, memories, and that's the bit that's worth investing in it doesn't matter if it's Hamilton if it's Ballatown if it's Korean or whoever it is it's for a cup to get to for a club to get to a cup final and win it and let the families go home with that experience together. That's that's special. And it's, it's humbling at a level that you don't understand to experience it. You know, and it, and it's and that for me is a bit that I'm invested in. It's if can we make careers for kids? Can we help move players on to bigger and better uh, career paths? And can we give people experiences that they're, they're going to turn and say, this is good. This is this is nice. We belong here and, and we're part of it and we're listened to. And that's a bit that, that matters. And this this cup's a platform to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's what you're saying is so true. Korean as a club have been very fortunate, lucky, whatever, or maybe not through luck. That's maybe the wrong words used. But over the last number of years, have been competing regularly in cup finals, Irish Cups, League Cups. And we can see, me and Johnny, just... Uh, the momentum building on the back of cup finals, the whole club gets a, a boost, the community gets a boost, everybody gets invested in it. Um, and that's subsequent to that, then is probably you see the season tickets rising, you see more punters coming to the home games on the back of maybe having gone to a cup final, having enjoyed the experience, even maybe the, even though the team maybe lost on that occasion. That memory of, of day out and the cup final and being as part of a community then ripples out and you get more season tickets, more people coming the season after and stuff. It's like it's similar to what you're saying. What that cup final win for you last year did for a club that had a bleak season otherwise, those are the things that whenever you go out to play Korean on Saturday, I'm sure that's the first thing that John will be saying. Remember last year, what you this is what you want to hold on to from last year yeah I, I'm assuming he will I mean John, John's team talks are great you know you, you listen to him in the dressing room and his team talks a different class genuinely um, and it's we've just re-signed we've just sort of just signed the captain of the, the cup winning squad Dylan McGowan um, I just signed him on I think it was two days ago um, so we, we've got him back in the club 
So there's even more emphasis on we've got somebody in that knows what it's like to win it. Whether Dylan's in the squad or whether he plays or whether he travels, I don't know. That's not my call. That's that's for the gaffer to, to, to make his call on how he how he runs his team, so to speak. Because as he pointed out, I'm no part of his team. He's his team's beyond me, you know. So um but all we can do is 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 give him the tools and and the ingredients he needs to, to go and make it happen. And that as you said, it's it's vital. It's like that's the and at the point of bleak season, you need to look everywhere for a bit of reassurance. And I just think that these guys, I mean, I never grew up an Aki's fan, but you very quickly become a fan and and you very quickly invest as a fan. Do you know, and that's, and my, my son is an Aki's fan. Do you know, but these these guys that have lived that for their lives, you, you totally tip your hat to them. <clears throat> you invested for day one. And if, if you can go and capture that and nurture that, you'll grow. You can grow experientially if you want. You know, and that's obviously the core aim of the investment you're going to get in your plans for the academy. You'll find that that happens in your your well into four-figure season tickets becomes double that mm. because the new families being brought to the club and the new families bring revenue streams and commercial opportunities and and before you know it, you're selling a player for six figures to the, the Premier League and, and it just it becomes a snowball effect that grows and, and you put your club on a map that, that previously was seemed like a distant, a distant ambition. So, so also is very good, Johnny, doesn't it? Simple. I uh, we we bonds piece of cake, um, but no, listen, <clears> I think it's um, I, I I do think it is an exciting time, obviously, for for Korean, and it was just at that, that, as I said last week, I think we're just at that crossroads where this this probably needed to happen to to be competitive, and and who knows what what can happen, and the nucleus of everyone's there, the supports there, the fans there, you know, the the grounds. You know, if there's improvement to be made, um, you're you're getting there. We have a manager in place, academy. So, um, aye, hopefully, this rock is this. this all, 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 all we need now is a good run in the Scottish Challenge Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you don't get it. But just in the flip side of that, in the flip side of that, you know, uh, go ahead, Jay. What, what's your um, what's your perception of Hamilton? I mean, who have you identified as being kind of key for us in the field of play? If you don't mind me asking. Johnny, pass that one on to you. Why are you? Why? Why? Well, obviously, I knew. Uh, well, you're you're a Scottish football expert on this. Ah, oh, I'm an expert. I don't. I don't <laughs> think so. Uh, well, obviously, I knew um, Barjonas was it was it came through at Rangers. So obviously, he was the one that sort of um, came in my head. I think is it um, you have a fill up front. Is it O'Hara? Kevin O'Hara. Yeah, you've come up front. I think he was. I think he scored a few goals as well. Um, and is our fellow Longbridge or something? Longbridge is he the boy? On, is he on loan from? Is he the one on loan from Hibs? No, or, uh, no. Jack Jackson Longridge, I think, from Livingston. Aye, there's a fellow Longbridge um, as well. So, um, but no, like I, as I said, to you, I was speaking to you through the week. I remember going to a Rangers Hamilton game about five six years ago at Ibrox. I think Rangers won one nil. I think Candace or somebody scored. It was it was an early goal anyway. And I remember Hibs or sorry Hamilton um, dug in, and it, it, I just had that really bad visions in my head. That it was going to be one of the games where Rangers dominated it, and Hamilton run down the pitch and score. But thankfully, it never happened. And I always remember what remember always watching you dug when Rangers went to Hamilton, and they always used to be on Sky. And I think it's a, is it still a synthetic pitch there? Is it? Yes. Yeah. I remember that and things like that. So yeah, obviously, I, I genuinely I knew he won the competition last year, but I never realised you could relegate it. Right, okay. Right. I've seen the draw, um, and then I seen Scottish League One, and I was like, 
okay, they've just obviously mixed up between the championship and then I was like, holy crap. And then I've seen that. So <clears throat> that did surprise me because obviously I remember Hamilton beating Hibs that year to come up. It wasn't penalties to come up to the top flight in the championship. Yeah. And then Hamilton just always seemed to always just stay up. They always um, miraculously always, always stayed up in the league. And, and then I knew obviously he went down to the, to the championship. And then, but I genuinely never realised that it went down to the league. Uh, I mean, we, we were talking to Oren after the game on Saturday. And, and he kind of mentioned the fact that for years Hamilton had that tag of always managing to stay up and stuff you know that they were almost not notorious but well known for for staying up you know when the odds were stacked against them and then he said obviously the last couple of years it relegated and then the second relegation in three years but um given the fact that he spent a year in scotland i, I would imagine he will have his homework pretty much done on you as well jerry more so than i have <laughs> no he certainly is very astute Oren's a very astute guy so he Aye, Andy, he's got a lot of eyes and ears over here as well. You know, yeah. I mean, St. Mirna's still got Dermot McCarroll and obviously Stephen Robinson as well. So he's got a lot of yeah. He's got a lot of people he can he can call on for how we play and what we do and who we've signed. And I, I don't doubt for a minute that he he will not be as respectful of us as, as we are of you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he'll, he'll have his homework done too as a, as a good teacher that he is. Yeah, aye. But it's just more a case of from a fan's perspective, you know, what was the, was the thought? But obviously... Johnny's Johnny's dismissed us already. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely and Damien will back me, Damien will back me up on this. That I said, I obviously Corey won it in a way draw. Aye, no, you won it in a way draw. I won it in a way draw. Um, but if you are getting if you are getting a team at home, Hamilton or the holders is probably the one that you want it. I'm not just saying that because I think if you are to get a team at home, you want it at Hamilton or you know a team. I, that you I would say from like a Korean supporters perspective not that I can speak for them all but they would probably look upon Hamilton as a full-time Scottish club yeah. holders of the competition and then the SPL not so long ago so I would think Korean supporters on the main would probably think and like obviously it's going to be a really really difficult tie for Korean despite having home advantage you're coming up against a full-time team against full-time professionals and it echoes what we said earlier about the differential between part-time players and full-time players. Yeah, that that gap that's always there, regardless of whether you're a third-tier Scottish club or not. No, it is, but I think the, the, the beauty of football is that there, there, there's so many um, equalising parallels. You get you're on the same pitch, you get the same amount of time, and you're all playing with the same ball. Mm-hmm. That's the, the, those levelers are, you know, it's it's end down to hunger and. Hunger on the day, and maybe yeah. a bit, of, maybe a bit of good fortune, you know. And that's, I think that's what's beautiful about football is that any team can genuinely, <clears throat> can genuinely beat any team, um, you know. But it's, uh, I, it's, like, it's just, it's just it, football, isn't it? It is. But even the travelling aspect for you guys as well, you know, like the early morning flight and and the bus travelling up. In an ideal world, Jerry, you, you know, you would like maybe a bit longer, but that's just the way, that's the way it oh, is. So, you know, that that might. Some of that might work in the Koreans' favour, possibly. Well, uh, you're not looking for excuses before the game starts, but to be leaving, mm. the, to be leaving the house at half four, five in the morning, yeah. to be kicking off football at three in the afternoon, yeah, as you know, it's 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 a yeah, it's a route to work you'd rather not take. Of course, you know, but, but that's yeah. that's the, maybe that's the, the beauty of the cup is you can get drawn anywhere. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That's 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 cup competitions, isn't it? Yeah, that's life. The, the, the privilege is that 
we're fortunate to go into a beautiful part of the world. Do you know that's the so that's a trade off for, for being in this trophy. You 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 get in an environment and there's a lot of good people, you know, who who care about football only the same way we do, and probably understand the meaning of community as yeah. well. So there's there's a privilege in there. It's not you know it's not just poor us. You know it's <laughs> we need to go away. We're, we're getting experience that we're fans are getting a day out. Yeah. Some of them are, some of them are getting an overnight stays. There's a lot of privilege in that. So you've got to take the positives. Yeah, well, I can speak for Johnny and the club, but you'll all be warmly welcomed. The management, the players, yourself, the fans, etc., etc. I think you'll all get a good <clears throat> North Coast welcome uh, at the weekend, and and then ask for the match. Whatever happens, happens. I, for one, have to say, haven't chatted to you today. I'm really looking forward to the game now. I mean, I know sometimes some cup games like this kind of get lost in the whole thing about the leagues and and your domestic game. But having chatted now today, it certainly whetted my appetite and hopefully people listening to the podcast today will have whetted their appetite as well. And it is, like you said, a cup competition. It's something something a bit different, Jerry, isn't it? You're you're playing a team that you, you're not ever going to probably likely come up against. Yeah, well, this is your first meeting, you know, so we, we've, mm. we, we've got a presentation for you, uh, board of directors, when, when we come across that it's customary for our club as a market respect when we we meet a new club, we, we present them with a and a pennant. So we've that's that's again another part of the privilege for us. It's it's a new relationship. Um with you guys building your academy. I'm more than happy to be a conduit and put you on to your academy director if, if that can help you because football is it's, it's it's a global piece that it speaks the same language. Do you know yeah. it's and it's not a cliche, it's just a fact and it's you will find there's people in the game that are happy to help you. Do you know, there's, there's a lot of people that are happy to help you and happy to to give you ideas or give you their time and, and give you their insight. Um, but, but friendship as well, isn't it? <clears throat> I, I definitely. I I think it has to be. It has to be. And, and you know, hopefully it's, hopefully it's, it's a good, it forms a good relationship between both clubs because your kids can come over and play against ours, mm. you, know, you know, pre-season or whatever because the academy that exists. Um, there's, 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 there's so much can come from it. And it's, and the irony is it's the SPFL Trust trophy that's, that's created that platform because it wouldn't mm-hmm. have existed. Do you know what? I wouldn't be sitting here chatting to you today if we're going to draw each other. That's the reality. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. It's it's about forging new relationships. And your 150th anniversary is coming up. Actually, Korean's 100th anniversary is in 2027, which is not too far away. Um, we'll get Johnny on to checking out how many Koreans there are around the world and we'll get him on to that. Jerry, I'll give him something to do. <laughs> Should that be a good project for him? <laughs> I'll keep him out of mischief, will it? When he's not doing anything <laughs> else. But here, um, Johnny, I mean, I, I just said it, I'm excited about the game and I'm sure you are as well. And, and, and Korean supporters in general probably should be excited about the, the game on Saturday. 100% and we're in the competition because we, we where we finished in the league in merit and so we'll give it a good rattle and, and see how it is and good indicator for us too um, nice welcome break from the league and, and I know it's one that we want to take seriously and be good to challenge ourselves um, against Hamilton obviously they're, they're flying in, in, in league one so yeah um, but Jerry scribbled down his notes for for, for oh, John oh, Rankin um, I just hope you'll no blue smoke up my backside because I'm going <laughs> to <laughs> so, uh, so no, but listen, I think as uh, I'm really, really looking forward to it. It'll be good to see um, a few Scottish lads over as well, and I'm sure the social club will be a lovely, quiet affair come two o'clock. I'm sure, um, but uh, no, they'll they'll all be welcome, and 
and yeah, I'll be, be, be really, really excited for it and something, something totally different. Yeah, and you know, see for the away, the leg that you were looking at the away game, we'll get that in the next round, will we? <laughs> <laughs> So on, that just, note, on that note, what's your prediction? Oh, for Saturday, oh, fuck. oh, oh god. There's um, a good question. I'm gonna go. That's a good question. I'm gonna go two one Korean. Okay. For me, a lot depends on who's available player wise for us. Yeah. Um, and what team Orn picks, if he's able to call on Matthew Shevlin. Josh Carson possibly in midfield if he's fit to come back in. He needs to get one or two. Uh, having not known much about Hamilton, obviously they're flying. <coughs> can we go to penalties? Can I say penalties? <laughs> you on there? Aye. Go on, I'll go penalties. Cup, cup game has to go to penalties. <laughs> what about you, Jerry? Uh, do you know what? Because I'm a director of the club, I'm not allowed to gamble or bet or uh, give you my opinion. Ah, oh, very the, good, very good. I like it. I like it. So, uh, I like it. I, I don't uh, want to play a game. I can't play a game. I don't know. It's it's. Do you know what? Do you know the beauty of a game like that is? It's just the unknown, isn't it? Because you just don't know. Yeah. Teams from different leagues, different standards, whatever you want to describe it as. It's hard to know. Hard to know. Johnny confident. Johnny always picks for you, don't I? Aye. Aye. You've got to pick. You know. You've got to back. Of course, you have. Of course, so. yeah, um, right. I, I say, well, I when I say Korean and penalties, I'm, <laughs> that's never good. <laughs> well, Korean and penalties not don't go together very well, I have to say. Now, now yeah, I think we, about it. We lost, but like, well, penalty kick, a penalty shootout got us relegated, and uh, we lost the last penalty shootout to Cove Rangers. Oh, well, there you are, third time oh. lucky. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> predictions, right? Oh, uh, <laughs> never. I wish I'd never mentioned the word penalties now. <laughs> well, here, guys, we'll wrap it up there because I'm sure, Jerry, you've got plenty of work to be doing, um, not least all the notes you've taken that Johnny said from this podcast today. So you can go and you and John can have a chat this afternoon. Uh, I wish you I'll wish you all the best coming over. Uh, wish you luck on Saturday. Uh, and may the best team win. I hope you enjoy the, the experience. Uh, I'm delighted that you come on. And it's great, as you say, the first time that these two clubs have ever met competitively in a game and it does forge a new relationship possibly between the two clubs going forward. Certainly, if, 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 if your club, if, if you're indicative of the, what exists within your club, it certainly will because we, we're the same. Just just a good, honest club that's, that's just trying to do its best, you know. And, yeah. and, and I, I'm, I'm grateful for the invite. It's, and it's been a pleasure meeting me, you know. And uh, I'm surprised Johnny's part is as good as it is, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here he's a dark, he's a dark horse, isn't he? He certainly is, eh? <laughs> he's a dark horse. horse. All I have to do is get a few gallons on me, and that's the end of it. Uh, you, you had a few in you on Saturday, that was enough. I'll be <laughs> that, was, that, that definitely was enough. I agree. So, uh, well, here, guys, thank you both very much for your time. Um, to everybody listening to the podcast, enjoy your weekend, um, and especially the visitors from Scotland. We hope you have a good time on the north coast. Um, as ever, thank you to everybody who listens to the podcast for your feedback. Always much appreciated. Thank you again to our sponsors, The Lodge Hotel. Uh, you might get a few visitors this weekend for the match as well. Um, and just finally, we wish both teams on Saturday good luck and whatever happens, happens. Until then, take care. Come on, the Bandsiders. <laughs>